Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, I speak with Sai. Sai is a personal trainer here in Singapore who works at Ultimate Performance. We have been following each other on social media for some time now. And, you know, we kind of just really clicked when it comes to our philosophies on training. We seem to vibe on the same approaches, but also we seem to have similar sentiments when it comes to some of the nonsense that we see in the health, quote unquote, health and fitness industry. I thought it would make for a great opportunity to discuss what it is that we're seeing in the industry that is working and where there is room for improvement. I think it's important that we have conversations of this nature if we are going to change anything for that matter. And it's the people like Sai, it's the people who stand their ground, it's the people who express their opinions, it's the people who have a fucking opinion in the first place. It's those people who create change in the industry. And that's what we need. I see a lot of room for improvement across the spectrum of the health and fitness industry, which is becoming broader and broader and broader. So with more people entering as health and fitness professionals, I think it's really important that we take note of the quality of the professionals in it. And There isn't always a high level of quality there. Can I just say that much? It was great to learn more about Sai's background and how he started in the industry. And I really appreciate his contribution to the health and fitness industry, especially here in Singapore. We need more people like this. We need more people who are passionate. We need more people who turn up and do this because they really, really want to. And I think the same can be said for every profession. So I appreciate and applaud the passionate people in every industry, the people who are upskilling and upgrading their knowledge, the people who are putting in the hours, the people who are perfecting their art and craft. And what else can I say? I hope you enjoy this episode. Please connect with Sai on the following links. If you haven't already, I really, really appreciate his contribution and input and sharing more about his his takeaways and his observations so yeah enjoy i wasn't someone that had much of an interest in anything to be honest except for the thing so i was like you know what let's let's just give it a shot right so you know i joined a commercial gym first for about two years Mm -hmm. and i left and then now i'm with my current gym now for little bit over a year almost a year i mean yeah mm. so yeah and you know once i started you know i realized you know honestly we are people that help with um the physical aspect of any client right but at the same time you know when when i see that you know people actually see the value of um us i mean me you you know as personal trainers not just you know transforming their lives physic- physically based on appearance mm. or whatever you start mm-hmm. to see them become more confident versions of themselves. So mm-hmm. I, I just find it very rewarding, you know. Mm. Yeah, and I never look back, man. So, yeah, here I am, you know. And yeah, still doing what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I I really 
appreciate, you know, people's transformations from all angles. As you mentioned, yes, we more or less expect to see physical transformation because people are going to get stronger. They're going to put on muscle mass. A lot of people will see a change in body composition Mm. and one habit often leads to another. So people start to work out more. They want to eat better because they don't want to undo everything that they've done in their workout. Um, I think it's a a component to our work that people don't see or don't expect to see until they experience it. And then, you know, they, they feel a little bit better. They're close to a little bit differently. They start to have the confidence to pursue other things too. So whether that's like a pay rise or whether that's, you know, asking Mm. to be able to have a more senior role within a company. Um, it's, it's just nice to see people, wanting to better themselves, not just physically, but how that physical or at least the start of a physical transformation can carry across into elements of their lives that are less, you know, fitness related. Um, What is it that you would say leads you to being so passionate about what you do? Is it because you feel like you've been so impacted by your own health and fitness journey? Because you mentioned you were quite, skinny before you started working out Mm. all those years ago yep so yeah i mean because personally i i felt the change like like you know what i I mentioned previously was you know through the physical change you get the mental change and you know um that was that was something that you know i i felt really accomplished when I get the help. Makes sense. Um, mm. I feel like many trainers feel that you have to be their PT first before you are their anything else. I mean, coffee buy-in, listen to their personal issues, blah, blah, blah. I mean, mm. yes, true. You have to be that person, but I would say, you know, at the start, you have to really understand that people hire you first. They want a physical change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's my view on, you know, how I run things from myself. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, and I think, too, a lot of people are a quick you want to see the physical change because that is a big motivating factor for them in continuing their journey so when they see that you know when they started they were lifting eight kilograms and now they're doing 12.5 or they started with 20 now they're doing 25 or 27.5 and they start to see you know the muscle belly is a little bit more visible because their body fat percentage is going down and obviously they're getting stronger um it's so true, though, that as personal trainers, we play so many roles to people. We're not just someone who teaches people how to lift weights safely and get them stronger. But I have a lot of clients disclose things to me that they mm. have never disclosed to anybody else. And, mm. you know, they often, yep. if you train females, you're like one of the first people to know about a pregnancy you hear about, you know, people moving countries before anybody else. Yep. And so the role that we play is, is incredibly multidimensional. And you have to ask yourself, if you're entering this industry, are you someone who is willing to play those roles of support 
to the person in front of you because I think it's unavoidable at some point you need to get close to that client I mean you're going to spend however many hours a week together that person is going to confide things in you and it's not just as straightforward as here's this exercise 12 reps here with this weight you know you hear about people who disclose their sexual preference and orientation is it's just it's so much more multifaceted than you know let's do a two times body weight deadlift today do you know (laughs) so there's a lot of depth to the industry and a a great depth of connection that we have with our clients it's certainly not for everybody um is, is there something that really surprised you now that you've been doing this for three years that you were like, whoa, I didn't think this would happen as a trainer. Can you hear me? I didn't get your question, sorry. Okay, no, that's okay. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> that's the thing, like, it froze when you were speaking. I got you. Yeah, um, yeah. So now that you've been in the industry for three years, is it different to what you expected it to be? Is the industry different to what you Mm -hmm. thought it would be? Is the job itself different to what you thought it would be? And if so, how? Um, Okay, so if you're speaking from a Singapore context, I Mm -hmm. mean, based in Singapore, I mean, that's where I am, right? Correct. I feel like... um, Definitely at the start, I I felt like, you know, being a PT, like you said, you know, it's more of the exercise part. And then after I joined, after like one year, two years in this industry, I felt like, yeah, you're right. You know, for us, we play so many roles with people. And I think the most important thing that, you know, I felt, I feel like I learned in this journey is being able to adapt to different people. So like yes. I feel like for us we are we are people with multiple roles, you know. We are we are, we are listeners at the same time we need to be able to be assertive also. And mm. yeah, it's a little bit different from how I expected it to be at first or, or to be completely honest, I felt like you know, personal trainer at the start is really just about hey, like you said, this is this exercise, you do this, this, this by that's it. And then you know, mm-hmm. get food, blah blah blah, and then yeah, so that's why I feel like, you know, I, I think it's vital personal trainer. Very, very, I hold it very close and I, yeah. Can you hear me? It was just a little bit glitchy. I think you were yeah. saying you take the role as personal trainer as... Mm. Mm. Very seriously. Very seriously, yes. Okay, I thought that's what you said. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why, you know, I feel like. um... Okay. Okay. Yeah. You you say? You go ahead. Okay. Um, I was going to say, I mean, I think keyword being personal, right? And so people can tell when you're not engaged with your surroundings, when you're not engaged with the person in front of you when you don't really give that much of a shit about what that person's left big toe is doing. Do you know what I mean? 
I'm looking at what my client's toes are doing because mm. every single part of the movement matters to me. And how do I get that movement to be as smooth and efficient as possible? And then how do I yep. get them stronger in that movement? Um, in saying that too, do you know, like the headspace mm-hmm. can, of the person in front of you can have such an impact on how that person lifts that day. Do you know? So if that person is running on five hours of sleep and has, you know, six back-to-back meetings and feels underprepared. And meanwhile, they're trying to fly their parents from another country into Singapore. I mean, am I going to try and get that person to do a personal best on a back squat that day? Probably not. There are yeah. mentions the importance of being adaptable and kind of reading the room, reading the person in front of you and having that personal connection also so that that person feels safe enough to tell you that because it's one thing, yes, to have an excuse, but it's another thing to honour the headspace and and mindset of the person in front of you in that moment and look at what is most conducive to the best performance on that day. And you know what? Some days a person's three out of 10 is absolutely everything that they have. And, you know, I see a lot of trainers almost looking to guilt trip their clients for that. Whereas I'm really about like, well, let's just celebrate that you did your best today. And is it your best of all time ever, ever, ever? Perhaps not, but you turned up. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you turned up counts so much more than people realize, I would say. Yeah, that's why um, I feel like, you know, especially in Singapore, because everybody can be a trainer, you know. Yeah. And that's why I feel like because of the fact that, you know, you can just sign up online to get a cert and you can call yourself a trainer. That's mm. why people take our roles very lightly. But, you know, mm. like we spoke so much about, you know, being, we need to be so versatile, right? And all yes. these kind of things that we are, we need to be able to, Sight on the spot, you know, seeing someone, you know, like you said, how is the day, blah blah blah, and you have to choose and um auto regulate training. Mm-hmm. I feel like this makes why this makes our job tough. Man. Mm-hmm. People in Singapore just think like, oh, you know, I always tell my relatives I'm a personal trainer, and they they just be like, oh, okay, like you know, they don't give a, <laughs> give a and mm-hmm. it really frustrates me because I know that my job is not easy. You know, mm. for us, especially our schedules, this our client's schedule, right? Someone wants to train at 6, I have to be there at 6. If I got a client want to train at 9 p.m., I have to stay at 3 night. Right. Right? And, you know, it's not it's not a lot of jobs that require this kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. Which is why um, I really appreciate, you know, people like yourself, like Ryan, you know, really passionate mm-hmm. with you. Know, mm-hmm. to, you know, there's so many, you know, shitty people. Yeah, in Singapore, really, I'm not even like you know. Too many, and talking about the industry, this is something that I feel like makes me very frustrated because people take our jobs like just put mm-hmm. uh, someone to exercise. Them, you know, it's not mm-hmm. just that. But when you tell them, it's not just that they don't understand because it's just revolved around. Um, our roles are, you know, getting set and then Yeah, so it's So that's that's really an interesting point. Um, you're kind of indicating that perhaps the market is becoming a bit saturated and it's maybe the barrier to entry is maybe too low. Like it's too easy to become 
a personal trainer. Um, Let's talk about that. Where else do you see room for improvement? Should there be higher standards when it comes to personal training certifications? What would you change about that process? How Mm -hmm. did you, how did you become certified? Did you do online course? Because there's plenty. There's so many online courses. So, the, the thing is, I feel like um, people don't, people are not willing to invest in themselves in terms of mm-hmm. expanding their knowledge in things. And that is a very big thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, um, after I took a cert, I got my, I got certified as a trainer with um, American Council of Exercise, my right? ACE. Mm-hmm. And I, I, at the same point, when I, I did not feel like I was ready, you know, because mm-hmm. I, a piece of paper dictates that, you know, I'm a trainer. No, I didn't, I didn't feel that, you know, and I feel like there should be more practical settings where mm-hmm. there are like facilitators in a sense where, you know, um, people actually have to practice to like role play, mm-hmm. you know, in scenarios where, you know, because at the end of the day, it's all about um, the practical aspect of things you're dealing with a human, not yes. just textbook, right? And Correct. I learned that the hard way because I got a cert, I went to a commercial gym. Man, my first few clients, I was like, honestly, I don't even know what, I, what the hell I was doing. Right. <laughs> then, you know, I didn't know how to, to handle the job. And that's, that's the thing, you know, you should have more you know, um, qualifications, not just mm-hmm. black and white, because even with certifications, ACE is good, but there are some that you can just, it's an open book exam, and you can just look at the textbook and then fill in your answer. And then you, you get what I mean? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I really echo a lot of what oh, you said, it. and I, so, yeah. I felt the same way when I did my certifications, I, mm. I felt like I knew nothing. I mean, all of that information from the textbook goes out the window when you have a real-life human in front of you. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. when that real-life human turns up differently one day, you know, they say, oh, I've rolled my ankle or I think there's something wrong with my meniscus and I'm seeing a doctor about that. I mean, at what point is that covered? in the course or practically it just isn't I mean you just don't know what you don't know and you don't know how many different ways a person even the same person can turn up to a session I mean a person who is hung over and running on four hours of sleep which we've seen as trainers we see that (laughs) it's different to a person who rolled their ankle from jogging yesterday is different to a person who is stressed out and has a sick child at home is different to someone who is grieving you know so we get people turn up in all different physical states as well as mental and emotional states how you manage that and how you adapt and how you adjust as their trainer is largely untouched in any sort of personal training education from what I've seen. Yeah. And, and so then yeah. how do we make that a 
a point to improve in the industry, I would love to see online courses almost mandate like a one-year traineeship where once you become certified, you have to be supervised for a year and you have to log a certain number of hours throughout that year. And you have to also shadow different trainers because different trainers have different approaches and they also train different types of people. Yeah. I just lost you for a second. Um, so, you know, I feel <laughs> it, it would certainly make a difference to the average knowledge base and skill set of the trainer who graduates because I see personal training as a an art and a science and the science is the textbook it's knowing what angle is most efficient at which point it's it's understanding the anatomy and biomechanics but the art is how do you manage that person and that is again I've not seen that being touched on in any education yeah it's like you know um I don't know about doctors overseas, mm-hmm. but I know that doctors in Singapore, after you finish your studies, you have to be, I think, I don't know, one year or two at a hospital right. where you are considered a junior doctor, right? And mm-hmm. you actually get the most supervised, you watch you, things like this. But, you know, I, I feel like that is that is a hands-on actual hands-on things, not just the textbook. Yeah, and you know, um, speaking of which, also, I do feel that um, there are, I feel like there is a, a few groups of personal trainers in Singapore, right? Mm. The first group is the ones that completely don't know what the hell they are doing, <laughs> and then uh, second group where they think like they know a lot of shit from social media right but then when you put them in a practical context they have no idea what the hell they're doing also mm-hmm. and then you know another group where actually you know a good group of people and that third group is a very small group right and yeah speaking of like you know knowledge textbook knowledge like you said it really frustrates me frustrates me also where you know People see something on social media or whatever shit, and then they will be like, ah, oh, they think like they're the smartest person in the gym. And they start posting what biomechanics, anatomy, blah, 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 blah. And then when you see them on the gym floor doing sessions, I've seen it firsthand yeah, because I went to a gym to train, mm-hmm. and then there is this particular guy, very smart on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then spend like 15 minutes to find a setup of something and then exercise now it's like so what the hell is that for you get what i mean people are right to, to work out that's that's why i mean you know application and knowledge like textbook knowledge is completely different it's about how you use that knowledge you get from your textbooks and learning how to use it in the actual client context you know? correct and yeah I do know, honestly, I do feel like I'm quite, I, I know a lot about, you know, biomechanics, whatever, you know, all the fancy stuff, reverse band, whatever, you know, uh, thoracic lab, blah, blah, blah. 
But yeah. your client, do you think they actually give a shit about the lower portion of their lap when they train their back? Like seriously? <laughs> <laughs> they don't yeah, care. So all they care about is I need I want to. Yeah, they don't care. And I realized that because I've done it the hard way. I've tried the there was this period where, you know, I thought like I was so smart, you know, I know all this shit. And then I was like, oh, telling my client about anatomy. And then their face, like, I don't give a shit about what they're talking about. I'm here to work out, you know, I'm here to you know, really get some progress. And they don't care what is, you know, thoracic lab, iliac or whatever, you know, quadriceps, whatever. They really don't care. Yeah, mm. so application is very important, you know, and people have to also, so understand knowing your your knowledge is important, but your clients train with you two or three times a week. Like, are you going to spend twenty minutes to find their knee flexion angle when they freaking do a squat? I mean, yes, it's important, but it's not that specific. Correct. You know? And what could yeah, you so, get? For that client that with those 20 minutes. People, it's, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's, it's yeah. a good I mean, point. If you give me 20 minutes, I can really just get the most out of it with basic stuff. Correct. And I think, you yeah, know... And it, it frustrates me a lot. Yeah. Factoring in social media, I think what I see too much of is people equating something that looks fancy mm -hmm. to something that's effective. Uh, fancy is not effective uh, yeah. necessarily, so, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, the more grueling something looks, the like uglier the facial expression of the person who's doing it, probably the more they're getting out of it because at least they're really pushing themselves, yeah. you know? And we, we see things like kettlebell swings, yeah. which kettlebell swings can have a time and a place in a certain person's yeah. program. For the quote-unquote average person, is it the be-all and end-all of posterior exercises. Like, no, I've encountered at least four people in Singapore who now have a slipped disc, herniated disc, bulging disc as a result of ill-performed kettlebell swings. I mean, that's, that's just astonishing. Why do I know four people who have the same problem from the same fucking exercise? I mean, that's just, it's horrendous. Mm -hmm. But we think, oh, well, I'm moving a weight really fast, really you know, powerfully, so it must be good for me. Well, why don't you start by trying to deadlift your body weight and then let's build you up to 1.5 and then let's build you up to two times and then we'll just go from there, do you know? Because then at least you have to control the movement, which means there has to be some tension in the body somewhere, which means you're actually challenging the muscles yep. to grow and adapt to be able to perform that movement. You know, that is 10,000 times more beneficial than lifting up the heaviest thing you can find and swinging it around like a fucking monkey, do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, too many people like, I mean, you know, um, education and wine and all this, they are really good. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that they're not good, but, you know, a lot of people think like, you know, oh, I see this particular post, on Instagram, and then that is the be all and all. I'm going to use this mm. for every client, and you start seeing people on their one knee pulling some <laughs> lap pull down shit at some time. And then I'm just like, seriously, just 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 do a pull down. Just do a pull right. down. Do a pull down. Probably don't need to, you know. And the worst, the worst thing is, 
You get what I mean? Put up a video on social media, some of these trainers. They put up some video of their client and they say, oh, this is for blah, 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 lab, whatever. They're like, yeah. okay, good, cool, but you're still doing it wrongly. <laughs> what, 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 are you, what are you trying to prove over here? So many, I've seen so many like trainers, you know, they post the kneeling leg shit or whatever, standing row or, you know, chest press, press, you know what, but they, they think that they know it, but they're still doing it wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. And that, that's the thing. They think like they are, they know it all, like I said, right? But I always think to myself, you know, yes, all these people are putting up content, but how certain are you that they are putting everything up? Then where do they, where do they earn their money if they're putting up everything they know? You know what Correct. I mean? They are putting in the juicy stuff, but... <clears throat> Which brings me to my next point, you know, um, the only reason why I know what I know is because I am willing to invest in myself. When mm-hmm. I first started, I didn't, I didn't care about how much I earn. Whatever I earn, I go and sign up for some course. Right. You know, when, when, when Eugene was over, yeah. Joe, he was in Singapore, I, I told, you know, my boss, can you deduct my pay for the course? I go to the course. To come in here into this industry thinking that oh i already know everything from social media and they think like they are some high value trainer but when you mm-hmm. actually ask them actual questions like you challenge them or oh, why you do this then they say oh you know first i seen this post blah 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 then i ask so why are you doing this then they mm. just answer you know and then challenge anatomy they say oh for whatever that whatever they say can you point out to me where they don't even know where the hell is it and then, <laughs> then what are you trying to speak over here? You get what mm. I mean? So, in, investing in yourself is so important. And yeah, that's it, man. So, I feel like it's not just about, like, for example, right? It's not like you take a course, maybe N1, you take a course, you go to, you know, Kasim's course, you finish the course. Means you, you learn things from him and then whatever he says you do it's not just about that it's about going to a lot of courses and then learning from each and every course and that's how you develop your own thought process that's mm. what makes you who you are as a trainer you mm. get what i mean but mm. a lot of people think like even if they attend some course i've seen it like see people go to eugene's course right they finish his course and then the next few days on the gym floor you see them doing all the things that he talked about in the three days they're like why are you doing everything on everyone? Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. has to be, you know, that's when the application is important. So it's more of, you know, for me, what I think is still investing in yourself in a lot of courses. have to pick out, you know, important things from each and every person and develop your own thought process in mm-hmm. individualized scenarios through clients. That's what makes you good. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. I um. I did a similar thing when I was first certified. I immediately started looking for other ways to learn more and add to my existing knowledge and skill set. And I spent so much time shadowing people who had been in the industry for five years and learning and absorbing. And I was just a sponge. I just soaked up as much information as I could and just understood how different trainers handled different things in different situations, why they would program the way that they programmed, why they would 
select certain exercises. Um, and, you know, I think the trainers who are helping the industry are those who are working on developing their own trains of thought, as you mentioned. You know, it's it shouldn't be seen as a, a one-and-done situation. It's not, oh, I ticked the box, did this certification, yep. now I'm an expert, now I'm going to turn into a business coach and I'm going to be a business coach for PTs. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. And I, I still know that to be true for myself. I don't, I don't know what I'll learn in the next year or the next three years or the next five years, but I know I will learn. And that's why I, as a person, will continue to grow. And certainly as a trainer, it's why the same can be true for yourself. It's because you have an openness to learning and you want to develop your own take on things. And that way, when we have a broad, you know, uh, when we cast a wide net when it comes to information, we then get to select what can be applicable to which person in what moment. And we can have an opinion on this exercise and why we like this exercise for this body part and why we prefer it over that one. And maybe there's a time and a place where the other one is beneficial for a particular audience yeah. or a particular person. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's an amputee. Maybe it's someone where it's cerebral palsy, you know, uh, and that's you really working on perfecting um, creating and perfecting your art and refining your art as a personal trainer. It's seeking more information. What is it that I don't know? What is it that I don't know? What is it that I can learn that will help the next person? Even if it's by like one degree, where can I have even more impact? Where can I help people even more? Yeah. And when, when that is your motivating factor to like help people become the best version of themselves, you know, we do a much better job of that when we seek the same for ourselves. When we want to better ourselves, we better other people to a far greater extent than the people who are like, I want to sign up, train lots of people, make lots of money, go home, done. Like, you know that this job is never done. Our job is never done. We are up at 4.40 in the morning to train people at 6. We're in bed at like 10 p.m. to try and get six hours of sleep before we're up again at like 4.40. Meanwhile, trying to train ourselves, Meanwhile, trying to eat, you know, relatively decent food as well and have some sort of social life for whatever is possible in Singapore with regards to social distancing. It's, it's a 247 job when you deal with people and when you have that many personal relationships with people, when you're in someone's life two, three hours a week, every week for three, four, five years, there, there's nothing superficial about it. I mean, it, it's really... We have to have such an incredible bandwidth to facilitate that much change for that many people. Yeah. I mean, which, which brings me to my, my next point. You know, I feel like, especially, you know, a lot of people that are getting into the business, I just feel like, you know, I, I'm pretty straightforward, right? I really think a lot of people are pushing. Why? Because, you know, they come in, like few months as a personal trainer and then they're speaking about you know work-life balance so, yeah. <laughs> what is that about, yeah like you know like who, who are you to speak about work-life balance i always tell this to, to people you know i mean people that join the company mm -hmm. or whatever that they say like oh i want to have work-life balance then i just look at them like then you know yes true that you should have times where you unwind but you have to be willing to Put in the hours, man. I mean, as a 
at least the first one, two years, you have to be willing. You know, back then, when I first joined my first gym, my boss was like, um, do you want an, well, when is going to be an off day? Then I just looked at him and said, what off day? Like, uh-huh. I, really, I, I, I was like, I didn't understand like, what, what off day is. Like, you know, the day you breath. Like, uh, any, I, I don't really care. Then he asked me, when, when do you want to start work? I was like, anytime. When do you want to take your last client? I was like, anytime. So, you know, I, I did not have, uh, I did not want to give myself uh, a time frame mm-hmm. of view. I do, do things because that, that is, that's why I feel like, you know, people need to know that, you know, you need to have passion for the work, right? You know, lawyers yes. work so long hours, doctors work night shifts. You know, yes. Because, I mean, they, people can say, oh, I, I still hate it, but deep down, if you ask them, they are still passionate about their job. Mm. You know, and that's what I feel like more people need to have. It's not, uh, if you want to do an 8 to 5, then go find an 8 to 5. But Correct. it's not an 8 to 5 job. It's yeah, not. Especially, especially as a beginner, you have to just not talk so much and just do more. You know, my first, I still remember my first few clients was like, my first guy was 6 a.m. My last guy was 7.30 p.m. And that's my mm. first few clients. Mm. The, you know, the day, you know, that's when I just spent time to upskill, you know, learn more mm-hmm. about this whole business and invest in myself. So, you know, people want to have work-life balance and they say like, oh, look, so-and-so trainer works this time to that time. But my next question is, have you been through what so-and-so trainer has done to be able to be in their position where they can mm-hmm. open up time slots based on their own schedule. But if yeah. you don't even have the, you don't have value and you don't have experience yet, then why are you Yeah. So right. just for me, it's always important. No, no bullshit. Sort of, you know, uh, um, mentality, and it's all about putting in work, man. I guess that's why I so uh, enjoy the gym so much because it's really just making sure it's better, right? Numbers, low weights, reps, whatever. And mm. that's why I'm so uh, into this whole thing. Yeah. Right. I see that too. Um, yeah, I think just yeah, man. In, so, in life. Yeah. People want to get to the top without going through the process. They want to have lost the 10th kilogram before they lose the first. They want to have earned a million dollars before they save up 100,000. And people just want shortcuts because people are impatient. And it's like, no, I earn what I earn and have the lifestyle that I have because I came to Singapore with no job and no money and no visa. I found a place willing to hire me on an EP. I built myself up to the point of you know being able to move from that company to where I am now and you know some weeks I do almost 60 hours do you know and that's I moved here six and yeah. a half years ago it didn't happen overnight and I was dming people and taking free trials and learning upskilling acknowledging shadowing do you know like what else can I do? 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 How else can I provide value to my clients? 
Um, that was my question. How else can I bring more value to the table? What else can I bring to the table? What else can I bring to the table? And I see people who have, you know, this is their first job in the industry. They want a pay rise within six months. I'm like, well, what the fuck have you done to deserve that? Like, tell me what, how are you bringing more value to the table? What have you studied? What online webinar seminar have you attended? How many hours have you done? Do you know, you like I clock over 200 hours a month in a normal month outside of December being a bit quieter. And it's just ridiculous. You would not work at McDonald's for six months and expect a pay rise. If, if you're doing the the same job, I mean, why do people think they're so entitled to such treatment? As you said, people are not really willing to grind. They're not willing to work. And at the same time, they want to be seen as a professional. Well, if you want to be a professional, you have to act like a professional, which means this has to be your everything. You have to put your whole heart and soul into this. And people can tell when you don't because people are fucking human lie detectors. People can tell. If you're only in this to make a quick buck and get out, which, by the way, good luck trying to make a quick buck and get out because that's just not how it happens. Um, yep. Do you know? So I, I really agree that the work ethic, by and large, isn't there. And if you want something where you can just clock in, do your thing, clock out, good luck finding that, find it, do it. But if you think you can do it in the health and fitness industry, it just absorbs and consumes you from so many different angles you know it's like replying to client messages at 9 30 at night it's social media posts at at 9 p.m it's you know managing what everyone's going on holidays and who's coming back and who's doing zoom classes with you at what time and what fucking time zone are they in it, it's mm. i mean it's just our lives and our lifestyle but there's certainly it's not as glamorous as i think it looks to be on social media it's not just you know freaking photo shoot every other day of the week getting fake tans having someone rub some oil on you you know admiring your six pack it's just so not that and it i can be seen as a very superficial industry but the depth of the transformations we create for people as you mentioned like mental and emotional as well as physical we really do so much more than what people understand yeah and you know i mean i guess i was really fortunate to have good mentors mm. when i first started and you know um i will always remember you know one of my mentors always tell, uh, tells me you know if your client is not doing good it's on you don't ever think it's because uh this guy just doesn't want to listen this guy is just this that this that because that's what he told me, you know, once you play victim, you're done. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to better because you, you will just always be in this um, hit space where you always think that it's the client that is not doing what you are telling the person to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's always like this. If, like, for example, I have a client that's not using weight, and then the first thing I think is what can I do? make sure that they are that they are doing instead of thinking uh this guy can confirm cannot make it it's just like this you know and i feel like that really helped me a lot because that's what i that's the mindset i have no matter how difficult a client is i will always think what can i do better for this mm. person you know um what can i change to make 
him or her needs to meet. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. And yeah, that's it. And I guess another very important thing that people, trainers, have to understand is same thing. Another, another mentor told me this, yeah, he said, your 6M and your 9PM client pays the same amount of money. And mm. to you, they might they be just one of your clients, but to them, you are their only only trainer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might have like, you know, 20 plus 30 trainers, uh, 30, 20 plus 30 clients, but then all your clients only have you as their trainer. So, you know, definitely you yourself will feel it also. Higher, picking 8 p.m. We started at like 5:36, but then you know that's the thing. I always try to remind myself. Mm. Uh, this this guy coming in at 7 p.m. is paying the same amount of money as my 6 a.m. guys. So mm -hmm. why should I drop the quality of my work to that guy for that guy? Yeah. Correct. And um, touching on what you said before about you know being responsible for your client's results, that's just you wanting to be better in your role, right? So the, we should expect that from personal trainers in the way that we would expect our dentists to know the latest and greatest way to perform a filling or the latest and greatest way to yep. extract a tooth. I mean, it's, it's a very technical job. You expect them to be upskilled and up to date with that knowledge and and the same thing should be expected from personal trainers and people in the health and fitness industry too like why are you doing you know something that was more commonplace three four five years ago um so i think that's just an important quality for people in life to have is take responsibility for everything in your life because 99.9 percent .9 of what happens yep. to us in our world is our fault right and influenceable by us in the way that we want to influence it so you'll see in the clients you train the clients who take the most responsibility for the work that they do and especially in terms of what they do when they don't see you because it's in fact those hours where they don't see you that make the biggest difference they get the best results, right? Mm. And, and so if you were to, you know, take your car to a mechanic and if they didn't change the oil and if they didn't check the, the pressure of the tires, you would in fact have every right to be annoyed with that. But yet we're so okay with seeing dumb shit from, you know, apparently certified personal trainers on social media and, it's, it's apparently just okay for that to exist and for us to accept it and not call it out and to not say anything. We, we just would not be okay with a, with a surgeon leaving an instrument inside a human and just stitch it up, would we? Like, that just wouldn't be okay. It, it's, it's negligence. Yeah. I mean, there is so much negligence in the health and fitness industry, also because of the way that people can just get certified. You can just click to enroll, pay the fee, bippity boppity boop like however many weeks later apparently you're a personal trainer we're being trusted with yeah. people's bodies i mean i don't know if there's anything more substantial or you know personal or you know the magnitude of that is just huge we are being trusted with people's bodies and ensuring that the way that they move is safe mm. and what they lift is a suitable weight for that person 
Um, and we have to factor in injuries and any physical restrictions and mobility and everything else. You know, that's a pretty big deal. And it's taken a bit too lightly, I would say. Like way too lightly. Yeah. And exactly. And, you know, um, touching on the social media aspect, right? So it's, it's easy to, to sound like the best trainer on social media because people don't know, you know, you can just freaking read something and then paraphrase it a little bit, sound smart, you post it, and then boom, you know, people think, oh, this guy, is, this guy is smart, man, this guy is smart. But, you know, when you see people face-to-face and you actually challenge their thought process, and then they're just like, ah, then they, they don't know how to speak. Because, you know, especially, like I said, right, you have the time to prepare your captions compared to, you know, I can easily sound super good, like, you know, talking about anatomy, blah, 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 blah. Anybody can do that. Ask anyone, even someone that's not a trainer, give them the resources. You can come out with a good caption and come out with some exercise videos and then you can start a pitch and then instantly, you know, people buy into that. But when you see them in real life, they actually really don't know everything. You get what I mean? So mm. it's, that, that's the thing where, you know, it, it really just frustrates me to, to, to see because, like I said, you know, I feel like our jobs is so is, is so much um, based on being practical and uh, having all this kind of accumulated experience where people think like they can get it Are you frozen again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you. You're back now. What was the last bit that you said? I think you were saying people think. <laughs> Are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. What was, do you remember the last yeah. part of what you said? That's when okay. it cut out. So I, I was thinking, you know, being, being, the most, it's most, one of the most hands on job in, in the whole world. And it's not just about, you know, textbook any but they're so good at exercise execution on the gym floor and mm. then i also see people that come in for interviews you see their resume it's like oh, phd or whatever in sports science and then mm-hmm. you give them someone to role play they don't know anything Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it just it just baffles it just really baffles me sometimes to see like what you have all this you know, sports science, blah blah. You know, um, they put in their resume, bio, and it's whatever shit. And then they can't even cue or spit squat properly. Can't even get the person to move properly. It's just very like annoying to see, like you know. And someone can, like I said, come in, don't have any cue, 
and exercise so well, they have control of the session so well. And, you know, that's, that's why I feel like, you know, being able, the practical side of things is, I would argue that it's more important than being the most knowledgeable person in terms of like exercise, science, sports science, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes, correct. I, I, I really echo that. It's not just about knowledge and understanding why you want a person to perform an exercise and to perform it that way and why maybe you've superseded it with this or not. But can the person, how, like, how good are you as a teacher? Are you able to teach? Because teaching is not taught in the curriculum of personal training. We don't learn how to teach, and yet it is pretty much all that we do all day. We teach, we communicate, we teach, we communicate, we teach, we communicate, we connect. I mean, some of the primary roles of a personal trainer. And so um, I completely echo what you say. I saw a, a physiotherapist the other day spend about three minutes trying to get his client's feet into the pedals of a spin bike. I, I was like, what is going on? I mean, it's not that flipping hard. Just spin the pedals around, literally grab the person's foot gently, put it in the pedal, tighten the strap. Why are we spending three minutes trying to audibly break down how one should get on a bike or not? Like the person probably needs physiotherapy for a reason. They don't need a lecture on how to get on the damn bike. And you're right. We also need to be able to get the person in front of us to execute the movement. So I'm not so impressed with someone's knowledge as I am. What does that person's client's technique look like? Where is a good technique on gym floor? Because we can always learn how to program differently and program better. But at the end of the day, if we want people to be safe, Um, We want to put them in an optimal position to engage a certain muscle. We need to be able to see correct execution of an exercise as well. And so it's one thing to be able to lecture someone on a movement and break down the anatomy of this muscle or that muscle. But as you said, what is the point of that? If the person in front of you doesn't understand what you're saying or doesn't know how to get the most out of the movement, doesn't know what to engage in when and how. So, I, yeah. I guess knowledge can be overhyped as well if you don't know how to apply it. Going back to your main point. Mm. Yeah. So you know, an interesting fact is, you know, I was, I was, I sort of challenged myself um, in a way where you know, people like when things are simple. Mm. So every time when I get a new client, I'll just be like, I want to teach this guy a split squat with three cues. That's it. If I exceed three cues, then I will think, what can I do better? Because that, that is that is the, the that's what it means by efficiency to me. Like mm-hmm. now press three, what are the three cues? Like let's mm. say I can instantly get that person to do the exercise pretty well. Yeah. So you know, that's the thing, you know. If let's say I feel like as a client, it's very overwhelming when you first come into the gym or someone teach you a split squat. And then like, oh, okay, um, you have to keep your front feet flat, your back feet, the toes up, you know, neutral spine, look in front, make sure you go down, your hips cannot go sideways, left, right, you cannot lean forward. If, if someone tells me about exercise like this, I'll be so stressed. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. 
that's that's what I feel like helped me a lot. It's really thinking simple. Mm. If you're a beginner, the best is just do simple stuff and do it well. Correct. And, you know, the less complicated a trainer can explain something, the best, the, the better it is to me. And a lot of people are trying so hard to explain things too much, which brings mm. me back to the previous point where your, your client don't give a shit about the chest or anything. Just put them on the bench, hold yeah. the dumbbell, point A, point B, done. Go. Yes. And then they yes. do it. That's it. Yeah. Yes. So just for me, the most important thing is it's good that you know the complicated stuff. A true teacher, I mean a good trainer, is someone that can keep someone that doesn't know anything, the complicated stuff, simply. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Like, you know, Correct. For me, I never, for example, like uh, dumbbell press, I would, I never even say things like, oh, depress the scapula. They don't even know what the hell scapula is. I just like, oh, bring your shoulders to your ears. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just say, bring your shoulders to your ears. Then they're like, okay. And I tell them, look, shoulders to your ears, wrong. I want your shoulders away from your ears. Done. Then instantly, yes. shoulders down, really press. That's it. Mm. That's, that's it already. I don't even have to say, oh, you have to blah, 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 press this, humorous angle, whatever. So, yeah, I know all this stuff, but. My client doesn't care. I know all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So and that's, that's that to me. Yeah. I I think I think too. If a client wants to understand something on a deeper level, they'll ask questions. Do you know? Like I love it when clients ask questions. It tells me that they're engaged. It tells me that they, they give a shit about what they're doing, which you know, hopefully they do. Um, <laughs> so if, if someone wants to know a little bit more about what they're doing, the reasons why and how it's contributing to their goals and helping them build whatever it is that they're looking to build with their body. I mean, they'll ask questions, but as you said, it's an overwhelming environment enough as it is. People feel often feel out of place. You know, this place is not for me. I'm not a person who lifts weights. I'm not someone who's strong. They're too busy looking at the people who've been doing this for five years, comparing themselves like, oh my God, look at that person. Look how strong they are. That guy's really strong. She's really strong. Holy shit. Do you know, we need not add to that by then giving someone 16,000 things to remember and mm-hmm. hoping hoping for near perfect execution. Do you know, again, it, a safe body moves well. And so how do we get people feeling safe physically, mentally, and emotionally? How do we get that person to see themselves as a gym goer and someone who does do physical activity. And that's such a nice thing for me to observe in the people I train, you know, how they turn up on the first session looking all timid, you know, trying to hide, like, I don't know, this is not me, this is not my place. And then, you know, within two months, they're walking in like, yeah, like, I'm fucking here, like, let's go, let's lift some heavy shit, come on, bring it. It's such a nice transformation to see in people's relationship to the gym as well and to physical activity and to training yeah. to see them develop that like keenness and interest and excitement and to the point where they look forward to it. They don't feel so intimidated or, you know, like, oh, are we done yet? <laughs> Can we just call it a day after the warm yeah. up? Like, <laughs> to not be in such a hurry to, to leave. So, you know, as, again, as trainers, we play such a big role in that. How do we get more people feeling comfortable in the gym and in such an environment and setting so that, you know, more people can do that? Because I'm sure that's a big reason why people 
don't, you know, they don't see themselves as gym goers and they feel intimidated. Um, I think there's a lot that we can do to help people feel that, you know, this is their space. It's a place for everybody as a place where everybody's working towards something personal and towards their own betterment, mm. whatever that looks like. Um, so I, I think that's something that I definitely appreciate with gym culture is that although I may not have the same goals as the next person, I'm at the gym, you know, cause I'm trying to better myself physically, mentally, emotionally. And so is the next person. So is the next person. So is the next person. And to me, that might look like trying to squat 120 kilos one day, you know, for the next person, it might look like trying to graduate from an eight kilo chest press to a 10 kilo chest press. And that's just as special and just as remarkable. You know, it's obviously just a different goal for a different person. Um, so I think PTs play a huge role in that as well. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I would love to hear any final thoughts on, you know, the, the industry and what we can do to shape it in a positive way and any words of advice to people looking to start work as a personal trainer. Um, Did I? You know, I mean, if, I think like, you know, sorry. You yeah, go, you so, go. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, so I, I feel like, you know, if my advice for someone that is wanting to start as a personal trainer is definitely, you know, don't be afraid to spend money on yourself. Mm. You know, go, you know, really like, you know, you can, your value increases as mm your knowledge and you know you be able to apply you know things on certain scenario you get better at that your value will increase but then mm. for that to happen you have to be willing to invest in yourself and it's not a bit well what i say is not watching freaking youtube videos or instagram it's really you know paying for courses like i said right which ex- you do you think all the experts on instagram post everything they know on their instagram if yes, then where are they earning their money from? All the courses that they're actually revealing their secrets, right? So be willing to spend money mm. on yourself. And you have people that something out have to under it's not and you have to be willing to work long hours. And I don't care mm. what other people say about what, what I say about, you know, um a lot of people say, oh, you need to give yourself a mental break, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, true, but if you're a trainer, you need to be able to tough, you know, end up, you know, and just really toughen up and be, accept the fact that you are working in an industry that you have to just hustle like that. And, you know, yeah. you're not going to sleep between eight, nine hours a day. You're going to yeah. work seven days a week. That yeah. is what it is. And if you can't do that, then don't don't be a trainer. Like just go work, Correct. do something else. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. I guess you know for for current for current people in the, the industry, you know, it's don't think like you are the expert. Like mm. don't think you know it all. Even for me, I have I, I question things and when people say things about me in, in my company, you know, we are very open to criticism. And mm. I think that's very important. You have to not think you're the best. Mm. Even though you, you know a lot, yeah, it's good, good that you know a lot, but doesn't mean you know it all. And, mm. you know, I have discussions with people and 
pretty heated discussion sometimes. Mm. But end of the day, you know, you have to understand that that is how you get better. And if you think like you are the best, that's when you are not going to improve. Yeah. So right. I think this is my two most important points to people in the industry or people, you know, wanting to get in the industry. Yeah. Mm. I think they're great points. I think it's always good advice for anyone in any industry to invest in themselves, invest in your education, invest in your health. Um, I, I think you'll always see a return on investment when you invest in those things. And for sure, mm. I think the moment the moment you think you know it all, you've lost, you know, because you've instantly put yep. a cap and a ceiling on your potential as a person. Um and, you know, as a trainer, if you think you know it all, then you're going to stop serving your clients. The, your capacity and bandwidth to serve the people you yep. train is going to be mm-hmm. limited. And, you know, luckily, this industry, I think, encourages people to push their limits. We see that, right? We see that your self-belief mm. has to increase in order to lift weight that you've never lifted before. And I think that's a, a great, you know, characteristic of this industry which is maybe not present in other industries or less present in other industries um but for sure i think the people who get the furthest in life are the people who look to learn more who never assume that they know it all who challenge Mm. their own perspectives um and who are willing to grow and for sure the the industry benefits from that so um and the industry hopefully benefits from this conversation and this podcast so Thank you so much for your yeah, time uh, and your insights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good no conversation. And we will have links to your yeah. social media handle so people will be able to connect with you directly. That will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. hopefully first of many conversations to come. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's been Thank a pleasure, Laura. You. And you know, for, you know, I wish you all the best for your, your business also. And you know, you. pretty sure you know I'm, you are one of the better ones out there for sure. You know, and Aww. you know, all in all, like I like I said, I feel like you know, as much as you know, just now we are talking about the bad things about the industry, there are good people up here, mm. and mm-hmm. we need to have more. That's the only thing. Yeah, man. Mm. Absolutely, and you know, if we keep having conversations like this, we're going to keep, you know getting people to think about how they can be better. And we're going to encourage clients, yeah. potential clients to think a little bit differently when they select the person they choose to work with. So I think yeah. conversations are hugely important and powerful and very grateful for this one. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Star. I'll let you go. Please stay safe. And let's, let's catch up again. Oh, soon. yeah. You too, man. Thank you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao, bye. Bye. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and they're going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review before you forget. I know you're busy. I've got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well, because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. 
I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.